Ghostly greetings, you squabble of insatiable succubi. It's your spookiest podcast, Poltergeists, bringing you another episode of Gem Girls. Hell's answer to the Golden Girls, uh, which people say about us, certainly. Yeah, people people, people, people are saying it. People are saying it. <laughs> uh, and it may be November 2nd, and we may or may not have missed actual Halloween. That's debatable. It's up for, up for yes. debate. Uh, but yeah, what is time? What even is time? It's an eyeball. And like, and as like, we've discussed. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But anyways, this week we are bringing you a Halloween-themed episode as we discuss the latest installment of Canada's Drag Race. I'm one half of your phantom with a Fanta fucking duo, Orphus Jones. <laughs> what does that mean? It's a phantom with a Fanta. And, <laughs> and we fucking. Sounds messy. Sticky. Yeah, is the Fanta open or closed? I imagine it's open. And it's yeah, it's yeah, held yeah. by a phantom hand, so it probably fell on the floor. It's making a <laughs> making a pool of sticky nonsense. Sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm Hakuna Matitis, by the way, and you know, otherwise known as the ghoul who puts the creamy ink in incubus, as they say. As, as they the say. People, say. people say. Also incubus being the male form of succubus for all our uh Non-demonology-educated guests here. For sure. Um, Today we are discussing Canada's Drag Race Season 2, Episode 3, entitled Screech. And the hoes over at Google's Department of Clickcraft and Jizzardry. An important department. It's it's the most important department, let's be honest. Exactly, exactly. Uh, they summarize this episode as follows. The queens overreact in the spooktacular slasher flick, Screech. The special guest is oh fuck. The special guest judge is Fifi Dobson, who we love. We love. We're well, Fifi Dobson's oh, dance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> give me some Fifi, please, please. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. We'll workshop it. Like Fifi um, fo Fifi Dobson. <laughs> um. So it's funny because I used to get compared to Fifi Dobson all the time. Really? Um. Yeah, well, Maria made the comparison of when I was, like, 18 and had straight hair. I kind of, I guess, looked like her. But then again, it was mainly because I was half black. Exactly. It it was racially charged. Uh, Which is funny because, you know, my knee-jerk reaction to that is everyone says I look like every other half black person. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when people tell me that, I get kind of angry and, like, disavow that person I'm being compared to. So it's like, oh, fuck Fifi Dobson, whatever. Um, but this episode, I love Fifi Dobson. Dude, I fucking love Fifi Dobson. <laughs> We've discussed before, Ghost is like a hot-ass jam. Really, I, I was super into that track. It made me fall in love with Fifi, who I saw live. Were you there at Toronto uh, Toronto World Pride when uh, she performed? I was at World Pride, but like everything was at World Pride, and I think we weren't together at that time. Okay, because I saw you did a free show, and I saw Fifi, and then also Carly Rae Jepsen 
in the, at the same stage on the same eve. It was a Canadiana extravaganza. I love that. Um, yeah, I, I it's such a throwback seeing Fifi Dobson. She's like one of those people that I don't know how well they're known outside of Canada. Oh, I have no idea. Um, yeah, because she was on Much Music all the time, and like that song "Bye Bye Boyfriend," for instance, is like burned into my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she had a few other hits, right? Yeah, that one and like Ghost are like the main ones that I actually heard on the radio. I'm sure there are f- a more than a few jams that if you played it, I'd be like, oh, okay, I know the song. Mainly because up here in uh, Canada, we um, have on the radio a-, a portion of our content has to be Canadian or made by Canadian artists, yes. and there are so few. So someone like Fifi Dobson probably got played a lot. Yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, I don't know. It really made me happy to see her on here and like really reaffirms the importance of having our own regional version of this show because I just love the Canadian references. Me too. It's so cute to me. Exactly. It's, like it's cute. It's charming. It's like, oh, look at you. <laughs> Up there in the shopper's drug mart. <laughs> I'm surprised no frills hasn't made an appearance oh, yet. Oh, wow. That'd be rough. Or like Canadian Superstore. Yeah. That'd be dark. Yeah. I also want to give a shout out to myself um, for, in the intro, the Google's Department of Click, Cla- click Craft and Jizzardry line mm-hmm. is a Michael original. Um, it is. From a an impromptu, like, uh, joke <laughs> challenge posed to, uh, posed to me by a friend, and I was given 30 seconds to come up with a great Halloween party name. And in that 30 seconds, I came up with Hog Horror's School of Click, ca- click Craft and Jizzardry. And honestly, it's just a good line. Click Craft and Jizzardry is really fun to say. Yeah, I'm glad you gave yourself credit there. Someone needed to. I was to. definitely going to. Someone yeah, needed to. to. <laughs> <laughs> You're writing up this intro like it's your own damn thing. I see you. I did it as a as an homage, Michael. And honestly, like people who listen to this... <laughs> podcast number one don't exist and number two they would have thought either one of us had written it and number three like everything we say is an impromptu joke challenge where we have to say like the dumbest shit as fast as possible that is true that is literally the podcast (laughs) um yeah so let's continue with the podcast yeah yeah let's get into this episode we uh we open up and everyone's coming back from uh the last lip sync, so Ocean is gone. People are saying that they're so gutted. I am personally not gutted. Ocean is gone. <laughs> I loved her. I, I, I loved her. I loved her energy. I loved elements of her. Did I necessarily love her as a comp- a competitor? The answer is no. Yeah, I mean, she deserved to leave. It was her time to go. Yeah. Uh, the blind ass, like makeup painting, foolery. Was not okay. Was not okay. That being said, though, after having watched the lip sync for real uh, with between OCN and Isis, she actually did like a decent job. Like it was a it was a pretty good lip sync on both ends, which has become a rarity in Canada's Drag Race at this point. Um, I'm trying to even remember the first one. Oh yeah, Beth was like doing the saddest like yeah I'm yeah getting, sad girl I'm going through Beth. the motion. She was literally going through the motions, like, hitting all the, like, drag queen moves. And to be honest, she had some moves. She wasn't just pointing everywhere. Right, like some other but people. But her eyes looked... 
It's like she was staring death in the face. And then, Uh, you know, realized that she knew death maybe from like 10 years before, but she forgot death's name and felt really awkward about it. And (laughs) was now very down on herself for being a bad friend or something. It (laughs) It was a hot mess of emotions going on in Santa Girl Best Brain. Yeah, it was like fear and also like internal death. But also, like, guilt. Yeah, and regret. And also... <laughs> yeah, Ocean was not that bad. No, 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 yeah. Ocean uh, did a fine job in comparison. I mean, the loser of this week's lip sync, which we'll get to, was, like, pretty bad. Also, like, dead in the face. Yeah, no, 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 no. This, but even the winner of this week's lip sync was, I don't know, spiraling th- across the stage. <laughs> hither and thither. I didn't know what was happening. But we get ahead of ourselves... So we have a yeah. moment of, you know, everyone's talking about Isis being in the bottom. She went from top to bottom, yada, yada, yada. There are the required versatility jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pythia is also very happy because she's like, yo, I excelled in my element. And she did have a very iconic look. I think it was well-deserved. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, people are sad. People are happy. Eve is crying again. I love and it. At this- I love it. Honestly, dude, <laughs> by the end of this episode, I have become Team Eve. Yeah, I like Eve now. Yeah. Um, she is so extra, but at least she's slightly self-aware. Like, she has a couple moments in this episode where she's like, yeah, I cry a lot. I get it. Yeah, but it's funny because she's like, yeah, I, she's crying. But then at the same time while she's crying, she's like, I'm just so closed off with my I emotions. know, and I'm like, Eve, what? I think you're very in touch with the maelstrom of tears you have in your gut. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I feel like up until this point, I have only known your emotions. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm far too intimate. With, yeah, I know your emotions, Eve, better than I don't know my own emotions. All right? <laughs> I know. Um, it's just funny. Yeah, like, she was a little off-putting in the first couple episodes, if only for the fact that I think she is also quite insecure. Yeah, But her insecure manifests in kind of, like, an abrasive, um, confrontational way, whereas with Beth, it was, like, eating her up inside and she was suffering in silence. Right, 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 right. Which is a very Um, Toronto attitude. You know what I mean? Like, a Toronto gay is... Yeah, the former. Like, a Toronto gay is very... Yeah, like, okay, you're insecure and vapid, but you're trying to cover that up with being overconfident and, like, sassy. And by sassy, I use that in a derogatory term. Because you know when people try to be funny, but they're just being sassy, and it ends up just kind of being dumb and mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like, people have layers. People got layers. Eve's a layer cake, baby. (laughs) And I'm glad to see that Eve is more than just that, and that's not her actual personality. Right, right, right. Just kind of a a weird mask. Exactly, exactly. Um, Which I get. Uh, And she and Kendall kind of have, like, a makeup moment, which was nice. Uh, I think this is the first instance that we've heard the inner saboteur being dropped. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like, Kendall, no. Please don't bring this up right now. But it's just... As as if it's an original thought. Like, no. Right, but it's so interwoven into the mythology (laughs) of Drag Race itself The inner saboteur is like a character in the show. Okay, I love how in the main challenge, which is an acting challenge, we'll fucking get to it. We may, we're basically here anyway. Um, How like there's an inner saboteur and then someone is like, are we sure it's an inner saboteur or the outer saboteur? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a, there's a few saboteur lines in there. Uh, Yeah. 
Anyways, then we get the, I, so I always laugh at the intro every time they say sickening supply of beauty products from Shoppers Drug Mart. It, <laughs> it really just, it does tickle me every time. It's pretty fucking hilarious. The word Drug Mart is just so funny to me. It really is. I don't really. know why. And it's like, like, it's a Shoppers <laughs> Drug Mart, so it's for shoppers. Like, you be shopping for drugs at the Mart, you gotta go to Shoppers Drug Mart. <laughs> So literal. Um, <laughs> do you think, like, back in the day when it was o- first opened, it was called, like, Ye Old Shoppers Drug Mart? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Ye Old Shopping Center for Drugs That Make You Sleepeth. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, shop with two P's and an E at the of end. Of course, of course, of course. Ye Old Shop of Drugs. Mart. Uh, and in Quebec, it would have been um, Le Vieux Farmy Pre. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Pharma Pre. I don't know where they got that Me neither, from. me neither. Uh, which was always, you could always tell who was from Ontario in Quebec when they're like, oh, I gotta run to shoppers and be like, oh, right. You, you know the tea. Yeah, imagine if they won a sickening supply of cosmetics from Jean Couture. Oh my god. Uh... <laughs> So I was actually discussing this with someone, like the idea of like a Quebec's drag race, because you know Quebec, they gotta they gotta do their own thing at always. Uh, yeah. And then I was like, one, the prize would be something ridiculous like that. And then I was like, but you would only have like you'd have a very small pool of queens to choose from. I feel like you'd be able, you'd be able to do two seasons max of Quebec's drag race. Yeah, but I also feel like a lot of drag queens move there like I, I i don't know i feel like they would have a supply but the problem is at least in montreal there might be some anglophone only queens that is yeah that is true that is true that's a good point and montreal is like you know a drag mecca so they probably do still would have a a, ref, a refreshing supply a sickening supply yeah uh a sickening supply one might drag say. queens uh yeah exactly <laughs> uh but i i wouldn't be surprised if eventually like Produced by Videotron, Quebec's Drag Race. <laughs> Brought to you by Saint Hubert or something. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It could be fun. I, I just think it would be like obviously it would be in in French. Oh, exactly. It would um, have to be. It would have to be. And I just want to see like who'd they pull from the boonies you know yeah yeah like, yeah 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 exactly like from the eastern townships uh, from trois rivières yeah exactly like le viande haché <laughs> i would kind of live me too that would be it would be sloppy it would be sloppy and they'd be mean it'd be so mean and so crap exactly 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 yeah. Anyways. Anyway. So we're back in the new workroom. It's a new day. Um, Brugs come in. I'm also team Brugs. I'm also team Brugs after this episode. I like the Brugger. Yeah. Um, there was some great mixed race representation on the judging panel. Oh, very today. true. Very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't sure if uh, Brugel uh, was, you know, what her genetic makeup was. <laughs> Uh, um, but she, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sense. pretty sure she's half black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would make sense. Um, anyways, yeah, Team Brugs. She knows how to deliver lines. Like I, of the judges, yeah. like I was happy she did one. I think it was she purposely did 
kind of like took the reins over this episode and this challenge because it's an acting challenge. She's an actress or actor, I should say, gender neutral. Keeping a gender nooch mm-hmm. in the cooch. A thespian. Yeah, thespian. Uh, and yeah, she just she knows how to deliver lines and like kind of say that you know the very scripted judges intro better than I would say Brooklyn does. She does. Um, yeah, she's good at timing. She's good at like interacting with the camera, and she's she was also really good at providing useful critiques to the queens about their acting. Very true. So it was nice to see her kind of shine in her element like that. Um, if only because a lot of people haven't seen her act. Like I have, I've watched Handmaid's Tale, um, and you know the characterization of the Martha in this episode um, of being like very stern and intense and like giving long she's really good at that yeah 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 and actually i um i am i am d i am dumb bitched uh, amanda bruggs and she is in a lot of stuff actually yeah like she has in kim's convenience yeah 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 like a lot of it are canadian productions which makes sense she's canadian but uh, she's been in a lot of crap so i think people assume she was she's just been in handmaid's tale but like look she's a real thespian she's been up in up in many uh crevices up in many ass wounds, <laughs> thespian it up, all right? Right, right, right. She's like thespian on thespian. Actually. Exactly, exactly. They call it um, the uh, the theater scissors is what they call that. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know what that means. Anyway. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, I don't know what that means. She comes in wearing some ruffles. She tells them what they're they're doing. It's a, a It's called Screech. It's a horror parody of RuPaul's Drag Race, right. and it's essentially set in the workroom and, like, on the main stage, and there are challenges, and people die, and all that Yeah, stuff. it's the show with, uh, you know, a horror twist kind of thing. Uh, Which I really liked, actually. Yeah, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. I, have, I often have an issue with these scripted drag race, like, little movies within the show, because um, they're often nonsensical, which is kind of the point. We'll, regardless, we'll get there. Uh, we also learned that Pythia, or Pythia, I should say, uh, because she won last week, gets to assign the roles. She will be the casting director. Yes. Um, we learned that Fifi Dobson is the guest judge, and everyone is super excited about it because everyone knows Fifi Dobson in Canada. Exactly. Uh, give me some yeah. Fifi. Um, yeah, and I really liked uh, Kimora's comment about, like, her being the first Rihanna. Yeah, she yeah, like, and she was committed to that. I was like, all right, you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> but I also liked how she was saying that Fifi uh, was a good indication that black people don't just make R&B or hip hop or whatever. Like we can do rock and roll too, which is definitely why Fifi Dobson, at least for me, is, you know, significant Especially for the time when she came out. Yeah, yeah. It was a good point to make. It was something I, ne- I personally never thought before. Uh, but it, it is a good point. And yeah, man. Team Fifi over here. Yeah, we're a team Fifi. Yeah, I'm Kofefe for Fifi. <laughs> um, so Pythia assigns the roles. Eve uh, really wants to be Nara Hater, but Stephanie wants that role too. Yeah, they yeah. They do a rock paper scissors or some shit. No, I think rock paper loses. rock paper scissors. I think happens with Cynthia versus Isis. There, they, right. we have a couple of you know mini competitions for the role. Uh, I'm pretty sure Pythia just assigns Eve to it, which I think was a good choice. 
because yes, the one hundred one E does a really good job. Spoiler two, the role itself is like as the name suggests, is the narrator, and I don't think Stephanie Prince uh, has the eloquence for something like that. Yeah, I think Eve was perfectly cast. Yes, I agree. Um, Suki wanted to, or ended up being the, like, sexy one. And I like how she's like, oh, I'm feeling really confident because my sexuality oozes from every orifice. Exactly, we got an orifice drop, which I'm always on orifice watch. Um, (laughs) It's oozing from every orifice of my body, as she says it. Uh, Funny line, and we discussed this already, but I am getting a little tired of Suki and, like, the Asian character that she's basically playing. Yes, but, okay, so I watched this episode twice. As did I. Um, and upon the second watch, I kind of appreciated her a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, like, the whole, like, overconfident, like, sexuality thing and sassy drag lingo, um, I find a little bit put on. Yeah, that like, that's um, the thing. It's I think I just, at this point, most of the queens... We've had a moment to kind of, like, peek behind the curtain, get a sense of who they are. You know, Eve being a good example, she's a little bit more well-rounded. Suki, to me, still is two-dimensional. She hasn't given me anything yet. Yeah, no. I mean, she did have that conversation last week about the challenges of being an immigrant in Canada. I suppose, Um, but she didn't add anything to that conversation. Like, that was a very OCN kind of more focus... And it was more of a group conversation because there were a lot of immigrant queens or first-generation queens. Like, yeah. I don't think, like, Sef- like Suki didn't unveil anything about her life that I was like, oh, wow, like, you're a person too. Yeah, that's true. She just made kind of a generalized statement yeah, like, about I can fucking say that immigrant experience. Yeah, like, yo, my family <laughs> were made up of mostly immigrants, but, you know, I'm obviously not a POC. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... Yeah, Stephanie is playing someone who's anxious and suspicious. Clintney Leskoff is the name, and I'm going to be going through a lot of these names because they're all riffs on horror like franchise characters. Clintney Leskoff be- basically being Sydney Prescott from the Scream series. Uh, right. I really enjoyed that name because Clintney is very fun to say. <laughs> Clintney. <laughs> uh, Kendall is playing some Brooklyn Heights offshoot. Yes. Uh, Cynthia is playing a Martha from The Handmaid's Tale, so she's basically supposed to be Amanda Bruegel. Right, and I do want to give a shout-out to Cynthia Kiss, casually just saying Stressica Simpson as a term, because she's very stressed out <laughs> about this role that she didn't want, and she's very Stressica Simpson about it, and I, you know, I gotta give props where they're due. Uh, yeah, no, it's funny, though. A lot of these queens will say funny things in their talking heads. But um, they don't register as funny. There's something like kind of not very charming about this cast when they're just themselves. I know that sounds really awful. Yeah, it does. Wow, but like, I enjoy them. <laughs> I enjoy watching them perform, but I don't think they have very big personalities. Which I agree, and I think it's um, you know, it's it, it seems. Like, one of the major, at least for me right now, one of the major differences between last season and this season is I just feel like the first season queens were better in that respect. Like, they were yeah. they were more gregarious and kind of iconic. Like, and you had queens you were kind of excited about to see. Uh, like, despite the fact that I do like some of these queens, there's no Jimbo for me. There's no Lemon, you know what I mean? Oh my God. I love Jimbo. Jimbo, I mean, Jimbo's funny in this episode. There's reveal Jimbo's part of this episode, but also in Jimbo's season, Jimbo was amazing. 
Yeah, I was team Jim. Uh, Most people were. I people needed... were pissed that Jimbo didn't make it to the top three, and also Jimbo didn't win the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I could have handled, hit, uh, like, Jimbo not winning. Yeah, yeah, But, I like, agree. I think Jimbo was el- eliminated too soon, because it's fucking Jimbo. Exactly. She was eliminated too soon, also for stupid reasons. Uh, yeah. Anyways, that was last season. We're on season two, baby. Let's let's keep on going through here. Yeah, um, so, yeah, then we have uh, Adriana, who plays Blood Goretzky, who's Brad Goretzky, um, we learned Kendall is sober. She used to be a drug addict and her life was in shambles. Now she's no longer doing drugs, which like, I can't relate to that, but that sounds tough. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, we've, we know people who have struggled with substance abuse. Some people who have not, you know, made it out of that experience. Um, so it's yeah. nice to see a little, well, one, you know, as we were saying, it's nice to see elements of these people's lives that you, you don't get to see on the first episode kind of thing. Uh, and it just made me kind of like Kendall more and it... It was, it was one of those, like, oh, we're going to get, like, a heartfelt, tearjerker kind of fucking uh, story thing as they set them up always in these workrooms. And usually it's about your parents and coming out. It was nice that it was a little bit something a little bit more, uh, I mean, not to say those things aren't real, but it's like, yo, okay, this person went through some stuff. Been through some shit. And they're sharing it with us, and this seems a little bit more genuine to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And I think it came up organically, too, because she was like, yeah, Halloween, like, I don't really like to go out because, um, you know, there's a lot of excessive drinking and, like, all that stuff, and I'm sober now. Right, right, Um, right. Uh, But, yeah, I I feel, I find it odd that, I I think Katya was an addict and has since become sober, but I'm surprised that this narrative or, like, there aren't more queens who talk about this. Because I'm sure it's an issue. Oh, for sure. In the drag for sure, community. for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, it's true. It's not necessarily often talked about among a lot of the queens. Uh, maybe because they don't want to, like, you know, quote-unquote ruin their reputation or make it seem... You know, it, there's a lot of stigma, obviously, around substance abuse. Uh, and particularly people who recover from it. I think there's... I think there's generally the fear of if you come out as an individual who's sober or a recovering substance user, it taints your image in a way. Mm. Yeah. I mean, like, a lot of dark stuff happens when you are addicted to things. Like, you do things you wouldn't normally do um, that hurt people or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, uh, so I guess, like, it would be a painful thing to admit. Very true, very true. Uh, and amid this heartfelt moment... We also get Eve in her self-aware crybabiness, which I also really appreciated because she makes this line of like, Kendall, like, oh, you're going to make me cry, but I don't want to cry this episode. I've cried too much already. <laughs> which I appreciated. I was like, good for you, Eve. You you know, you know what's happening. Yeah. You know that you're going to cry and you're trying not to. Exactly. Um, um, anyway, so now we go, it's time for shooting uh, the, the, the horror film. And listen, we've already talked Fifi Dobson up hardcore. But I do want to say she always looks like like she's a little strung out. She does, but she looks also quite youthful. This woman is like thirty seven or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She she looks good, but I think like her energy is like she might be a little stoned, or she might have been up for the last forty eight hours. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, her hair is quite disheveled, yeah. and she's slumped in her chair. Exactly, exactly. With, like a leather jacket on. It's like Phoebe, where'd uh, you just come from? 
probably smells like cigarettes or something. Uh, also, good I love good uh, age guess. Fifi is thirty six years old. Yeah, I think I looked. I looked it oh, up. Okay, I see how it is. Yep, <laughs> I did my research, except I was wrong a little bit. Yeah, you were one year off, even though you had the answers. But uh, whatever. Uh... Um, so uh, I, I do want to go through some of the characters that people are playing because Pythia is playing that actress from the craft. That's why she has like these weird witch lines that it didn't click in the first time that I watched it. Um, I forget what her, what the actress's name is. It's like, it's like a Fazul or Farool or I forget. Anyways, um, Steph is Nev Campbell, and the, the, the wig that she's wearing and the jacket, it makes her kind of look like Nev Campbell. I actually want that wig, and I want to go as Nev Campbell for Halloween. Wait, who are we talking about? Stephanie. Stephanie Prince. Oh, I, I don't know what you I don't know what I thought you said. But anyway, okay, yes. Uh, anyways, I, ha- I also just have some lines, uh, some issues with some of the lines, because the intro scene has Suki playing the slutty character, uh, I think Stephanie says, like, oh, there's going to be a murder or, like, you know, something scary is going to happen. And then Suki's line is, I think there's an ointment for it, which I was like, why didn't she say, I bet there's an ointment for that? Not, I bet there's an ointment for it. <laughs> and like, the thing is, it really irked me because we hear this line a bunch of times because, like, they cycle through it a lot as they're doing, the, like, the camera test or they're running through the lines. And I was just like, no one clued in that I bet there's an ointment for it would be much better. I bet there's an ointment for that. That's so specific. I just like, it's a, you know what? Like I, uh, words matter. But it makes sense. And it's just someone, multiple people probably scripted this and no one clued in. I, I bet there's an ointment for it. Anyways, it irked me. No, you're right. You're, you're right. Um, I had an issue with her delivery of it. Um, because it lacked punch. Yeah, and that's the thing. And, like, the the way the sentence is structured, it is hard to emphasize, I bet there's an ointment for it, which, I mean, now that I say it, it kind of rhymes almost, but I bet there's an ointment for that. It just, you can really punch on that, the that, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I hear what you're saying, and I didn't notice it before. But now that I hear you saying it, you're right. Once you were blind, but now you can see. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No you. problem. I'm like Jesus in many ways. <laughs> um, so yeah, Suki is like feeling horny. Pythia is doing a lot. They're all doing yeah. a lot. Stephanie is Dude, doing She's doing the most. Lot. She's doing too much. <laughs> and everyone in the room was like, Stephanie, rein it in. You're at a, you're at a 14. <laughs> Give me a nine. Um, Eve is having a good time. Yeah, though. yeah. And they, the judges point that out. Like, this is the first time I've seen you have a good time. So this is really great, which is nice and made her feel right. Good. Which is, um, which was nice to see. Uh, the judges, however, the people playing the judges, them being Cynthia, Kendall, <laughs> oh, and Adriana. I don't know what's going on, dude. I don't <laughs> think any of them knew what they were doing. Cynthia was drowning out there. She was, she was real drowning. That was bad. I would say um, her performance and Stephanie's performance were the only two I would say were, like, actually bad. Yeah, I, I agree. Everyone else was, like, fine. Kendall gets uh, some lip from uh, Madame Bruegel for ad-libbing, which is a fair point. But the characterization, she, I, don't, I don't think she did a bad job in kind of, you know, being Brooklyn. I thought it was fine. Yes. Um, although, 
like Brad later says in his critiques, like you chose to play it more small and like subdued, but Brooklyn Heights is a big person. Which I was like, like, Fem top Brad Goreski. Who are you kidding here? <laughs> She's not. And like, that's fine. Yeah. But like, there are other things that she could have done to make it funnier. Exactly. But, exactly. Like, she's not a big personality. Yeah. Let's, let's not get it twisted here. Brooklyn Heights has many things. She's not a big personality. No. Um, but they, uh, like, Amanda was right. You could have done her bitchier or like, spookier or like anything like given her like some added element it's true it's true although brooklyn even says it wasn't the worst thing i've ever seen which is i think a pretty good description of like it wasn't terrible it wasn't you know uh a martha level of like what's happening but it wasn't that good no um yeah the martha cynthia just like doesn't understand how to be stern uh, she lacks the gravitas, right? You know? Right. Or as Bruegel uh, points out, she doesn't know what she's referencing. Like I don't think she has watched the, the Handmaid's Tale, and I think if she right. just YouTubed like a quick video, she could have gotten it. Uh, but you know, I guess bitch didn't do her homework. Yeah, I also think it was kind of a shitty character because that show relies so heavily on like the tone of the show, like the intense music, the camera angles on the like intense face and stares. Um, like, I don't think it was a good role for this challenge. There is no way to make it funny. I agree. It was, I definitely think it was of the harder roles to, you know, uh, jazz up or kick some comedy into, but she could have done more with like, you know, the intense staring or really, you know, held on to the lines longer and added that sternness and seriousness to play off of the other ridiculous elements of the of the other ca- characters. She just didn't do that. Yeah. She was just delivering the lines. And it's like, yeah, that's what you're there to do. And you're getting by, I guess. But she also didn't know yeah, her lines looked, very well either. She just looked like a milkmaid or like a peasant lass who like <laughs> works in your kitchen and churns butter. Peasant lass? Uh, Come hither, peasant lass. <laughs> You know, like, she didn't, yeah, I didn't buy, like, leader of some underground resistance type thing. Yeah, no, neither did I, neither did I. She's some bitch churning butter. And um, not churning it well. Sadly. Yeah, exactly. She was depressed about it, and she wasn't churning it, churning it, churning it well. Yeah, she wasn't, like, one of those, like, older women with the very thick arms were like really gruff and like no nonsense right or like one of those that's kind of a hot yeah yeah or one of those like swiss milkmaids with like the (laughs) the the pony or the the braids and the killer outfit and they're like frolicking through the hills and all that shit yodeling did they yodel i don't know i'm mixing up a lot of uh cultural stereotypes here (laughs) they may have yodeled they may or may not yeah to be determined if that bitch be yodeling anyways um, the next day, however, the people who did bad, like, knew they did bad. Uh, Cynthia kind of basically says, oh, like, she's very sarcastic, and Stephanie doesn't know she's being sarcastic, which is kind of a funny moment. Uh, and Kendall's also like, yeah, I also did, uh, kind of rough. Uh, yes. Yeah. Then we have some talk about, like, parental relationships and whether or not, uh, their parents support them in their drag and for being gay. 
Um, Eve's dad doesn't know that she does drag. No, I think she does. I think I got the impression that the dad knows she does drag, but like they don't talk about it. It's like one of those, like, I'm aware of this, but I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, Gia's dad is supportive. Um, in like a very broy way, it sounded. It sounded very <laughs> like, broy. Yeah, buddy, yeah, buddy like, that's so my boy. <laughs> that's pretty cute. It was pretty cute. It was pretty cute, and the way they like said the told the story. Um, so this moment with Eve, one as we were talking about earlier, adds to her characterization. It gave her some layers, and I also think what she kind of described as her relationship with her dad seems like what a lot of people probably go through. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you come out as gay, and particularly if you're a drag queen and, you know, you're doing a, a very performative element of gay culture, uh, I could see a parent reacting to of that, like, look, I love you. I, you know, I, I want to be part of your life, but I can't deal with this because it's too foreign to me kind of thing. Mm. But then... Yeah, that's unfortunate, though, It is, it is. When it is. your kid has to... Like, there's such a fundamental part of, like, your child you don't understand. Like, they can't talk to you about the things that they're doing. Because Eve was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going away. Like, she told her dad that she's just going away to do something. Right, right, right. (laughs) And he was like, what are you doing? And she said, it's not for you. Yeah. He was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Your business is your business. It's like, how can you even foster a close relationship with someone in those circumstances. Which is true, which is true. That being said, though, I think, you know, the the happy narrative is like, oh, yeah, you come out as gay and everyone accepts you and it's, like, all great. But that just like, is not a reality for most people. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah. think there is, there can be, and I think for there is for a lot of people, like, varying degrees of acceptance. And I just think it's important to highlight that not everyone is necessarily on board automatically with everything tied to queer culture. And it does take people time to dismantle what they've been programmed to think is right and wrong by society. Uh, And I think it's also important to give people that time. And it seems like, and of course, this is not the ideal, and it sounds like it's kind of rough for what Eve has to deal with when it comes to the dynamics of their relationship with their father. But I I just think it's a realistic depiction of what can happen when you come out because you can't expect people to just be on board with everything all at once. Yeah. Despite um, the fact that they should be and they're shitty if they don't. Yeah. It seems like Eve's relationship with her father isn't nearly as toxic as Adriana. Oh, dude, this was fucked up. Like, Adriana explains yeah, this was really how her dad would go online and pretend to be her boyfriend or maybe vice versa. And then I was like, look, your dad is going online, pretending to be your boyfriend, and all this grinder, or, you know, Adam for Adam thing. Like, that seems pretty suspicious. Like, your dad already knows how to navigate these channels. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Definitely, like, could be on the down For low. sure, for sure, for sure. But, uh, or it closeted. Um, but, yeah. She was basically like, I had to cut off my father's entire family because they thought I was the son of the devil and would burn in hell. And her dad, like, sabotaged her relationship. Um, that was really sad. But her relationship with her mom is really good. Um, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least one parent right. um, had her back. Very sad. And also, I think, is a pretty good uh, showcase of what it is like for a lot of immigrants 
who are coming into Canada. Because, and this is something that I've kind of noticed of families of, or of gay guys who like have families that have always lived in Canada or whatever. I generally have found they come out a lot earlier um, mm-hmm. because, you know, generally they, they're living in a, a liberal society. Their family isn't very religious, yada, yada, yada. But for, you know, a lot of immigrant kids or kids of immigrants, they're still brought up in what is generally a kind of a very conservative culture. And I think that yeah. reaction of like, oh, you are sin incarnate, sin incarnate, uh, is, <laughs> it happens a lot. Yeah. And it seems like coming out, like the consequences of coming out would be a lot dire in terms of, a lot more dire in terms of their parents, like maybe withdrawing all kinds of support. Right, right. Which is why, you know, queer kids of color often will go homeless or get kicked out kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, and I just I, I just think it's a little bit of, I mean, I, I mean, white privilege could be an accurate description of it, but it's a, it's a privilege that I think a lot of people who have had, ha- have families in Canada for a long period of time, like, don't think about when they're like, oh, you haven't come out to your parents yet, and it's, you know, you're yeah. demonized for it because it's like you're ashamed, like, ashamed and you're hiding yourself, which is probably true, but it can be a lot harder when you're coming out to a religious family uh, for the reasons that Adriana explains. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's weird that people get criticized for coming out when they do because there's a reason for it. Like, there are plenty of people who come out later in life, you know, like as adults who have been married and all that thing and and all that stuff. And I think it's good to eventually come out. But, like, there are reasons, there are probably very valid reasons why you're not until you're ready, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That being said, though, I remember talking to this one guy, and he was explaining, he was Asian, um, pretty sure his family was from China, uh, and he was explaining how he would write a letter to, like, his parents or, like, the people he was coming out to, and I was like, oh my god, what is this, like, passive-aggressive nonsense? You're writing a letter? Why don't you just, like, talk to them? Yeah. And, like, I, I obviously I understand writing a letter and leaving it to them. It's a lot less stressful because you don't have to have that face-to-face or, you know, voice-to-voice interaction. But for me, something as, you know, I think important as coming out to your parents deserves the space for you both to, like, actually react and have a conversation, not just tell them, and then they probably will just, like, not, like, they'll know, but they'll just not mention it kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. It's very non-confrontational. I mean, they're probably afraid of, like, their parents, like, talking over them or invalidating what they're saying, or maybe, like, they wouldn't be able to communicate as confidently in person. And be like, uh, maybe I'm gay. I don't know. You know? Right, 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 right. And and of course, like in the yeah, in the the ease of communication kind of sense, I understand why that is a a method one would take. But I don't know. For me, I'm a very confrontational person. Uh, <laughs> maybe you knew that about me. Uh, but I I I just think like something that important should be done face to face. Like you're not gonna break up with someone over a text message. Yeah, that's true. But I also, like, am of the opinion, and, like, this may be a very North American opinion, but, like, I don't think it should be that important. You know, like, why is the onus on you to communicate something like that to your parents? Like, shouldn't they, like, I don't know. See, the thing is, and this is, like, happening more of, like, that kind of concept of, like, why do you even have to come out? Like, the thing is, though, coming out is, like, a very important stage in your life. 
and coming out prove like demonstrates that you have a level of self acceptance that you can tell people what your sexuality is. And I don't think North American culture, Canadian culture, American culture is at the place where we've dismantled straight as the status quo. And That's for true. most queer people, you're per- performing in a sense, like you're making it, you're trying to make it seem like you are straight and you're giving people an impression. And even though you may not have explicitly said, I like girls, they're assuming you do. Uh, and I just, I just think coming out still matters and coming out is something that maybe you don't necessarily need to do, but if you're going to be openly queer, if you're going to be open about your sexuality, I think it's an important step in that. That's true. Um, yeah, I definitely need to tell my parents that, like, I'm queer. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, everyone's on their own personal journey. Um, and But, like, again, like, you know, I, for yourself, it's one of those you have you know interacted with or had a relationship with men so it's pretty easy to just not tell them and kind of just do your own thing and yeah they're just gonna think like oh yeah everything is normal but that act of coming out lets them know like hey this is who i am more fully and even though i might n- not be dating a woman right now this is still a part of me and you should know about it yeah because then when that does happen it's like i'm not feeling like I'm hiding anything. Exactly, exactly. And I don't think you can, like, honestly date someone and, like, still be in the closet or, like, not have already owned that part of yourself, like, to the people in your life. Yeah, yeah. Because then it just feels shady, Exactly, right? exactly. Like, that's why I think it's important. And also the fact that, like, now that I think about it, like, a lot of the men that I slept with, like, I was not attracted to at all. Oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, compulsory heterosexuality is like it's pretty. It's real. pretty real, and it is uh, damaging our society to no end. Yes, exactly. I slept with some like disgusting people. So, like, <laughs> In all fairness, so have I, and I've been gay for you know a little while now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's just the game. That's just the game. Every hole's a goal, baby. Yeah, until, until it's like not, and you avoid. Yeah, exactly. And you have mild PTSD from the experience. <laughs> anyway, um, we get to the main stage. main stage. Brooklyn looks fucking amazing. Okay. She looks like. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was getting like very girly, super femme, but like also like kind of a superwoman. Yeah, I don't it was. Know. And we, um, as I was watching with Luis, we were like, uh, oh, is this like kind of a Halloween outfit? Is she being Scarlet Witch here? Uh, And I did enjoy the outfit. My main issue was the earrings and the very prominent side hair swirls. I love them. I didn't like them. I personally didn't like them. I liked everything else about it. Really? I was, I thought the wig and the makeup, like her head was like the star of the show. Her her makeup looked great, and I thought the wig overall was really nice. It was kind of like a it was a high ponytail situation. I just thought it would have been better without the side swirls, or maybe keep the side <laughs> swirls but lose the giant red earrings. It was it was a little bit much for me. Yeah, what bothered me about the earrings was that I couldn't read. Yeah, they them. said like like I wanted to know. Yeah, what they I, said. I I thought they said like Eve or something like that. It was I don't know what the fuck they were saying. Yeah. Uh, I also yeah. on arm flourish watch because 
We've been noticing a trend here. Yes, yes. She does yes, a different yes, yes, arm yes. flourish before every single uh, drag queen win. You know the iconic Rue pose where she puts her arm up. First episode it was a little, a little twirl. Last episode it was like kind of an arms, arms outstretched, almost like a pop and lock kind of thing. This one she's doing like a, a psycho stab. Yes. Oh, the, the e. Exactly. E, e, yeah. E, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that was good. And I, I like their little uh, repartee at the beginning. It felt like everyone was having a good time yeah. or some good jokes. Yeah, they're getting better at that. It seems less stiff and awkward. Uh, that's what people say about my dick. They do. Yeah, I know. I tell people about... I tell, I tell people that's how your dick wants to be described. Um, wow. My dick is sentient. It's, yeah. Uh, bl- always blowing up my phone. um so suki um so we are on the runway now and the The theme is category uh, yeah category is good girl gone bad so suki i'm starting to have a problem with her fashion because it's like literally her draped in fabric yeah you're right this outfit didn't do anything for me she's yeah it's basically a piece of fabric loosely (laughs) draped around a tattoo suit kind of thing which (laughs) <laughs> the bodysuit was, like, kind of cool. I didn't mind it, but there wasn't much to it. Yeah, I liked her hair. It was very punk. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. So then we have Eve 6000. She's wearing some sort of 50s dress with gray skin, and she does a sexy reveal, re- like, showing off, like, a, you know, fetish wear, yeah, basically. Yeah. I, Lingerie. The, the reveal was a little bit stunted, a little bit rough. It took her a second to remove that clip, but... I thought the, the both outfits were really really good. She looked really really nice. The um the you know black and white movie skin tone was very like detox season finale. I think detox like did yes. it better, but Eve looks great. Yes. Um, Stephanie is doing a latex Dorothy thing with big jugs. She looks pretty good. She looks adorable. She looks like, she, she looks, looks cute, but the outfit overall was kind of meh. It wasn't it wasn't very creative. It didn't. It, it was, it's something we've seen before. It was fine. I, th- I think she looked good, but I actually didn't personally get good girl gone bad. I just got, like, slutty good girl. Yeah, that's very true. Then we get Cynthia Kiss wearing some sort of, like, unshapely green dress with, like, a purse in the shape of a mate. Yeah. Which was cool, but, like, the dress itself, it was just... The cut wasn't like, very good, yeah. This? It wasn't a good cut. It was, it was very Nightmare Before Christmas... Sally kind of energy. Um, and she brings up later that she made this garment and all of her garments with her partner. And she's very proud about everything she's, that she's putting on stage. And I was like, I don't know about this one though. This is not yeah, your proudest I moment. I wouldn't tell people Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. Um, Gia takes a less literal approach um, or a more literal approach, depending on how you look at it. Um, she's dressed in like a very glamorous outfit and then she's covered in mold. So she's gone bad. Yeah, good girl gone bad, uh, overripe in the fridge. And the thing is, I think this, like, I think it looks so gross because the idea of mold to me is always yes. off-putting. But the concept is very cool. And when she kind of did at the end of the stage, like, her good side, then her bad side, she looked really good. Yeah, she did look really good. Um, but, yeah, it was hard to look at because I just had a very visceral exactly like uh disgusted reaction yeah which i mean maybe intended result uh it, again the concept was well executed 
Yes. Uh, then we have Pythia, who is doing a nun turned into some sort of bish in a bodysuit who's being, like, grabbed by the devil or yeah, something. Yeah, it was like, yeah, nun to drag me to hell reveal, uh, which, yeah, it was all right. It was cool. I didn't like her. I didn't love her makeup, but it was fine. Yeah. Then we have Kimbora, who is wearing, also wearing a priest outfit. I think she was more of a pope, uh, more of a pope uh, thing. Oh, wait, yeah, sorry. I was thinking Kendall. Yeah, she was more of a pope, like, kind of Rihanna at the Met Gala. Yeah, yeah. But then and... revealing to just, like, kind of like a black corset situation with a giant ponytail, <laughs> I didn't I didn't live for this. I also didn't think she really worked this giant ponytail very well. No, no. When you wear a giant ponytail, you have to let everyone Exactly. Know. Like, give me some like... twirls, put it in your hand, and, like, <laughs> lasso it around a bit. It felt yeah, like... Yeah, dude, some jump Exactly, ropes. exactly. It felt like the ponytail was wearing her. Yes. Um, although, I did love this outfit for Fifi Dobson's comment. Cardi B? Cardinal. Very good comment. Yeah, Fifi coming in with the comedy. She got chops. <laughs> She's so versatile. Exactly. Um, we stand. Uh, then we have Kendall, who is also a nun who turns into a devil, but like less creative than Pythias. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, exactly. And uh, Brooklyn calls her out on it, and it's true. It it it, it was is the same idea done in a more basic manner. Then we have Adriana, whose outfit is just mind. Oh, this is like, really really good. Uh, it's a I don't think I'll ever see a better Marie Exactly, exactly. So it's Marie Antoinette, and, like, her head is kind of on a platter. And let me tell you, the cake detail on this thing? The cake, the cake detail. details. Like, this bitch knows her cakes. Yeah, like, there's some good dessert. Yeah. So I was like, I really want that dessert. It looks I would squirt for those desserts, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Did you say I'm... Squirt, I, I'll squirt for the desserts. I squirt for desserts. I abbreviated desserts. <laughs> because I only have time for right, a single forgot, syllable, thank you very much. I forgot that was a yeah, thing. Desserts, baby. Uh, don't let um, dessert go inert. Yeah. Uh, as we flirt. Okay, I'm just... Uh, just Chilling with Ernie and Bert. <laughs> nice. Um, just, yeah. Okay, yeah, whatever. we're moving on. Uh... <laughs> And then last up on the uh, on the runway is Isis, who says that her outfit is inspired by a comic book character, but she never names the comic book character. And I was like, which comic book character? Because this is a yellow bunny. Uh, maybe it's like some comic book character from the bargain bin. Like, you know, some Joe Blow just drew something up real fast. Yeah, that's Joe Blow. And she saw um, it one time. He's quite the artiste. You're right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, she looked, she looked good. She looked good. I thought it was a good outfit. Um, I thought it was so forgettable. It, yeah, for her, it didn't necessarily stand up to what we've seen her do already. And I also didn't necessarily get the good girl gone bad. It, she was just kind of like an edgy yellow bunny. Yes. Um, so f- as far as the challenge goes, um, let's just gloss over this yeah, real yeah, quick. Yeah. I think Isis is pretty funny as a, as a joke. Yeah, she was fine. I think that character was yeah. good. Um, Kimura is pretty good as a nerd. I gotta say, I thought she did a pretty good right, job. Right, right, right. Everyone, well, so I think overall, everyone did a fine job, except for the standouts for me, like, the one standout for me was Eve. I thought Eve was the only person to really kind of, like, do her lines, like, really well. Like, she understood the character, and she kind of, like, took the right pauses and delivered. Yeah, she was, yeah. It was the perfect role for her, and, like, she clearly... 
knows how to act. Exactly, exactly. Um, um, I also liked uh, Blue Scary more, Drew Barrymore, which was Gia's character. She also did fine. Um, I was a little bit like, what is Adriana saying ever? <laughs> yeah. I, I had subtitles on, and I think the subtitles couldn't even figure out what the fuck she was saying. I mean... I can see why spoiler spy spoiler what was that word? <laughs> spider alert alert spider alert um she wins I guess because like it was kind of I'm not gonna say iconic but like I could see I liked how she embodied the character what was the character like, it was so though. Weird. <laughs> Like, you could argue she was doing, like, a Vincent Price kind of riff, but I couldn't really understand what she was saying ever. It was a little everywhere for me. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just I just personally thought she got the win for her runway outfit, which was amazing, but for me, the challenge bears more weight in the, in, in the win. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to make it make sense. Um, because I agree with you. I don't think she deserved to win the challenge, but that outfit though. The outfit, exactly. And like, I'm not, I'm not so mad about it, to be honest. Although I do think Eve should have won. That's my thing. Um, I was just kind of confused by it. Cause I was like, the, the judges were eating this performance up. I don't know what was happening. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Brooklyn saying it's like part Brad, part Count Chocula. I That's that. true. Actually, that was, that was true. Like, I also saw some, like, weird, like, you know, maybe some sort of uh, Adam's family and, like... Yeah, Gomez-y. Uh, I don't know. gomez uh, Yeah. Anyways, though, overall, the whole... Like, a lot of these scripted drag race things, I find them, like, not that funny. Like, you know, in the, in the most recent All-Stars, they did an American Horror Story riff? Uh, oh, yeah, that, that was, was terrible. terrible. And I was, like, I was watching, <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? I need to fast-forward <laughs> through this. I can't anymore. Um, I actually thought this one was pretty funny. Like, they had some moments that I actually laughed at, like the inner saboteur, outer yeah, saboteur. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, Suki talking about how she was left at a ferry dock and had to screw a bunch of seamen and became a teenage drag mother. I appreciated that. It was funny, and I, I enjoy how it devolves into pure nonsense because it's revealed that Pythia is her <laughs> drag daughter, and then they drink to a toast and they die yeah it, it, you're right in the ter- in the broader realm of drag race scripted videos it wasn't that bad but generally they kind of like run too long for me and aren't that funny yeah like towards the end with the lip sync um i like clocked out until the jimbo right and jimbo is revealed to be like the serial killer in the thing and jimbo's there which is fun to see um so Basically, they announce who's tops and bottoms and safe. Pythia seems kind of shook that she's safe. Um, she does, makes a little face. And I was like, huh, really? Anyway, so Eve, Gia, and Adriana are, are the right. tops. Stephanie, Cynthia, and Kendall are the bottoms. I agree. I agree. That, yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel like we've already kind of like gone over why they were did poorly and well. Uh, yes. And, and basically, the judges' critiques were similar to what we've already said because... Um, we're on the same we're on the same eyeball with the judges. Well, yeah, and that's one of the things I think is better about this season is that the judging actually kind of makes sense. Very true. Like I haven't there hasn't been a single decision where I was like I refute that. I 
yeah, I've agreed. This with Adriana it. win, I was much. a little bit, I was a little bit sus about it, but whatever. It's not the biggest travesty. It wasn't Jimbo being uh, thrown out of the competition uh, on the ball challenge or whatever it was. And it wasn't the UK, like the last UK episode where two bitches went for no home. reason. For no reason. Yeah, that is true. It was just like Rue decided to like choose violence. Yeah, that day. she really did. Uh, that that she hates those queens. She for really some do. She really do. I Theresa May should not have left. Uh, no, she shouldn't have even been in the. I bottom. agree. I agree. She was like the like she made the single handedly made that show worth watching. She, I, I exactly her. exactly. And Vanity Milan does not does not deserve to be top five. I'm sorry. No, I agree with you 100%. Anyways, back uh, to um, this side of the Atlantic. Um, <laughs> so we go into Untuck, and I really enjoy... Uh, so they're going through, like, who was in top and bottom, telling the other the safe queens what happened. And I lulled at Eve, quoting word for word, <laughs> Stephanie's critique. Because she's basically, like, said exactly... She's like, no, 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 what they said was, you got the, like, the thing down, but you didn't get the other part down. And I was like, Eve, relax. Yeah, like uh, you were. She, they thought you were doing too much, and that you didn't take the note of rating it down and rating it back, and like this is uh, like listing everything that was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, Eve didn't. She should have taken more of a moment to in bask in being in the top. She was a little bit self-deprecating, which I understand, but well. Yeah, but then she was like, oh, yeah, they were nice, but not as nice as they were to Gia, who got more praise. And, like, I, I, they weren't all over me. They thought I did okay. Yeah, I'm here for Eve's over, like, melodrama. I really am. It's like, <laughs> Eve, you cannot take a chill pill. It gets stuck in your throat every time. Then you puke. Uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's entertaining. Exactly. It's like, what is entertaining me in the show? Right exactly, now? exactly, exactly. Um, and... Uh, at some point, someone says Amanda Brutal, and I thought that was funny. Yeah, um, I mean Cynthia was Amanda Brutal. Yeah, she was. Um, and uh, then the uh, we get the judges' critiques, or like they're behind camera, or they're 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 alone critiques, whatever. Uh, they're really dragging Fifi for not understanding Gia's outfit. Yeah, um, which you it know, was funny. I kind of get. Uh, yeah, she took it exactly. in stride. Um, so. Basically, Adriana wins, as we've been over. She gets a $5,000 gift card Fabric for Fabricland. Land. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I, love I love it, too. And you're right. They're basically just giving them gift cards at, you know, every major plaza in Ontario. They're really going <laughs> yeah, nuts. Like you can really go to Hillcrest Mall exactly. and have Hill, a time. Go to People's Diamonds and then go to fucking some plaza and go to Fabricland. It's, it's great. great. It's going to be, I don't know, A&W next. Like $20,000 main <laughs> W. Swiss Chalet. Yeah, oh my god. If they went Swiss Chalet, that'd be pretty dark. I'd love it, but it'd be dark. Like an evening uh, getaway at the West. Yeah, yeah. It's a saga and a, and a all-you-can-eat dinner at Swiss Chalet. Yeah, yeah. Followed up with um, five years half price at the Mandarin. The Mandarin too. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Mandarin. I love it. Um, so Adriana and Cynthia. Lip no, no, Steph and Cynthia. Uh, lip sync to uh, Fifi Dobson's "Ghost." Amazing track. Um, yeah. So this lip sync, I have some issues with. One, far too much arm movement coming out of Cynthia Kiss. Like I get it. The song says "Ghost" a bunch, 
but you don't have to move your arms in a whimsical <laughs> spectral fashion the entire time. You can wriggle your exactly, body, like and you're then at several points, air. and at, and one of the parts is like you know like, like the part where you normally see a death drop or like a, a jump into a splits. Cynthia just moves her body from stage left to stage right, spinning her arms a bunch the entire time. And I was like, what is happening here? Um, so yeah, I found this kind of interesting because before the lip sync, Cynthia was saying that she has been dancing since grade one. Like, look, I've been dancing since I was in grade one too. I have danced to music. Was I being taught how to dance since grade one? No. And I think the same applies to Cynthia Kiss. Well, I think that's what she was saying though. Like I've done dance lessons since grade one, but like what I found is that just because you take dance lessons as a kid doesn't mean that you understand how to feel music. Not that I'm saying that she didn't, because I actually felt like compared to Stephanie, she could embody the song a little bit better. Like she was emoting a little bit more, like she was moving slowly and like really uh, giving herself room to breathe and feel it whereas stephanie was just kind of moving frantically yeah stephanie didn't know what was going on i personally don't think either of them necessarily captured the vibe of the track but of the two yes cynthia had a more nuanced lip sync i really didn't know what what stephanie was doing she was just kind of like yeah she was just moving around i don't think she knew either and i don't think she knew oh she didn't she didn't at one point she kind of has like a -a peekaboo moment because like watch me go or something and it's like Cynthia or Stephanie. No one needed a peekaboo in this song. <laughs> um, so the unsurprising but kind of surprising result of this lip sync is that Stephanie goes right. home. Because I was sure before the lip sync started that Stephanie would be able to deliver. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I thought she would go farther in this competition. That being said, though, from what I saw in this episode, I think it was kind of her time to go. I don't think she would have added that much more uh to the competition i don't know like her she could have easily won the first challenge that is true she did the design challenge she did really really well in that first challenge i forget what happened last week but same yeah i I don't know i don't know it it, it was a fine decision to me i I could have seen either of them go i don't think either of them are necessarily going to win but um i judge based off of the lipstick itself stephanie should have left I also I also enjoy how Fifi cries at the end of the performance. I was like, oh, Fifi, like really bringing the emotions. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was. It was very sweet. Um, It was very sweet. uh, Yeah, she genuinely seemed happy to be there. She was a very engaged guest, which like I can't say for a lot of them. Um, Yeah, she just seemed very happy to be there, like super charismatic and like, yeah, I and team yeah, Fifi. Yeah. Of course, of course. Uh team Fief. Um team Fiefs. Um so who do we think is going to be the top 3? Like who's your guess right so now? So at this point, I'm going to say Pathia. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd kind of like to see Kendall. I just like Kendall. And okay. I guess maybe based on what we've seen this week, maybe Adriana. And the thing is, my only reservation with Adriana is I actually, like, I don't have a sense of who she is and, like, what her brand kind of is. And even though she had a fantastic runway this week, I don't remember being blown away in other weeks. So we'll see if she can really maintain this momentum. 
Yeah, because she was kind of inv- she's been kind of invisible. Yeah, like the judges didn't even know how to say exactly, her name. exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Gia might be up there. I mean, like the one thing that I've seen online as far as like Gia goes is that she is kind of reductive in her drag, like uninspired, kind of copies Gigi Good or whatever in her outfits but i actually think she's strong and consistent yeah yeah and this week was like a good week for her and she yeah she seems to be able to you know take direction decently well uh we'll see i was just very off put by that first week with gia she hasn't she still hasn't won me over yet yeah that flat yeah that pointer sisters to the extreme <laughs> yeah i did not love that no i did not um but yeah that's the end of the episode. Uh, thanks for tuning in to hear our useless critiques. Yeah. No, I mean, critiques. mad brills, but also totes use. Less. Yeah. <laughs> Less. <laughs> um, and if you're wanting to check us out, even when you're not listening to us, because you just need to like surround yourself with our like sexy voices and our images. It's very much Britney Spears. Give me more for all of our listeners at all times. <laughs> Check us out on social media at Twitter and on Instagram at Gemgirls Podcast on both platforms and go to our website, gemgirls.com. And be sure to rate us and review us wherever you find podcasts. And by rate us and review us, we mean five stars and a positive review. That is the duh. duh. That's the pod poll, which is what we call the <laughs> podcast policy. Anyway, uh, thank you, everyone. We oh, oh, actually, no, so sorry, sorry, sorry. I have one thing. I have <laughs> one more thing to say because I lost. I lost yes. an agreement, and I have to go on the record, apologize to a um, a, a deviant Mexican. I may or may not know. Uh, I just want to formally say <laughs> that I apologize for trying to make something amazing. And the city that we live in just let us down. So is it my fault? The answer is no. But also the answer is you yes. Made, uh, you made him wear short shorts in a cold climate to an event. That no one else was wearing short shorts people. to, aside from me. Yep. Uh, so look, I have some <laughs> things to apologize for. These, This is me apologizing. As much as it may not seem like I'm apologizing. Um... <laughs> With that, I take full responsibility for my actions, and um, I regret nothing. <laughs> and with all that said and done, until next time, stay, stay outrageous. outrageous. Oh, wow. I want to spooky with that. it. Uh. Uh. Uh.